dig this. Hello? Anybody Mic check there? one, two, one, two. All dun, right. Dun. What, what is up? We are here with Obs, hey. or as you may know him, Aubrey Barnes. Yeah. What up, man? Not much, man. I'm feeling great, man. Hell yeah. I feel like I made it. Like I told you, like this is like the U.S. Olympics of podcasts. Don't in the questions, burst I my think. ego like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, man, I, I really think that, man. Thanks, dope. Man. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to squeeze you in. Yeah, Episode man. number 10, motherfuckers. Yeah, number 10, <laughs> double digits. We're I made double there. digits. We're crawling along. Yeah. I graduated in like 2010, so like that's, I, I feel like there's some kind of vibrations behind that. Something special about that. 10, 2010. Ooh. Yeah, there has to be something there. Sacred podcast. Yeah, whatever y'all pick out. <laughs> yeah, just share it. Hell it yeah. So what's up with you, man? What's uh, new? Man, what's there's a, a lot of stuff, man. I'm still still doing artist stuff, like just doing stuff in the poetry realm. I think in the last, the last couple months, I've been more uh, focusing on kind of developing other like spoken word artists and helping them with their craft and all that stuff as opposed to like performing myself. I still I still do a little little performances like in town or outside of town and, sh- and shit like that, but I've been more focused on like just like helping spoken word artists to kind of grow that community here. Here, so I've been hella busy with that, which is cool because that means there's a lot of people who are interested in doing that stuff. So busy with that, kind of uh, busy with kind of like planning uh, some projects and stuff that I have going on next year that are kind of outside the the poetry realm. I'm kind of dabbling in uh like short film writing and shit like next year. Mm. And um, I'm actually have another podcast that I've been working on with a team of people that I'm uh, having start next year called Black Thoughts, which uh, should be a pretty dope ass one. I think I'm really excited for that podcast. So I've just kind of like been trying to be more organized since I have a my mentor has kind of been really kind of on me which about just like having shit in order, knowing what you're going to do in the future, mm-hmm. having stuff planned out, which has been great. It's just been a different ass kind of like realm, you know, just kind of like having to plan out shit years in advance <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but i've been busy with that and obviously just i mean just work school and just trying to find rest in the, in the middle of it just trying trying to find those meditative times man well, that's the hard part mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah man it's crazy hell yeah and for those who don't know yes aubrey is a spoken word artist poet yeah. also podcast host yeah right now currently hosting co-hosting o yeah, to the underdog yeah. podcast yeah shout out to brandon man shout out brandon carlton a... yes we had him on a bit to go yeah you guys did four yeah the yeah, guys did yes, have him on yeah. that was dope yeah, he's the brains behind the thing man i literally just thought of them it's funny because o to the underdog i was actually gonna write a project like actual just like spoken word like rap project called o to the underdog yeah but i was kind of iffy about it i'm like man i don't know what this would look like i don't really got the concept completely down and the day we started talking, he's like, oh, he, he just asked, like, do you have any names for the podcast? I'm like, yo, let's let's do Oats of the Underdog. Yeah. I was like, I had this for a project. He's like, oh, you, you, you're sure you want to use it? like, yeah, man, use it. So, you could still do, like, an album. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it'll make it, like, yeah, maybe it'll make it even, like, better because people are like, oh, Oats of the Underdog, let's listen to that. But mm-hmm. Right, right. Maybe, yeah, that's always in the plans. Right. Have you ever hosted any other podcasts in the past, or is this your first one? This is my first one. Yeah, we started this one off, like, last year. And like I said, Brandon wanted to do something to kind of just highlight kind of the quad cities to kind of break that stigma that people have that we still hear to this day, which is, I think, is a whole bunch of BS about how terrible the quad city is. is. And for whatever reason they give, it's just like dumb reasons. Yeah. Because like, like, oh, well, come on, honestly, you can There's find, not fun stuff here. This is like find Chicago. Like plenty of good reasons. <laughs> Or yeah, like, I've heard people just throw out like the reasons against their like dumb like economic reasons, you know. Well, job growth percentage is down and like, yeah, whatever. Like, exactly. Like, well, dude, because well, y'all left. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know as far as I mean jobs like who cares I mean yeah what do you want we got factory jobs and yeah, shit anyway right that's John like, Deere, as in like, steady jobs like you can get a steady job in this city heck yeah and that's not what I want mm-hmm. and I'm still here for other reasons exactly. like the art and culture type exactly. side of it which is and flourishing right now if you ask hell me. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean and it's crazy grown a lot in the past however many years I think yeah you know what that's like the, I think the most I hear people move the most for that reason just like okay art wise I can't grow here I can't do anything here and if they want to be like an artist like get a job as an artist that's hard they yeah to go to another bigger city oh I'm a graphic designer in like you know mm-hmm. LA or fucking whatever audio engineer in like yeah Nashville or something like and that's the thing too I think when people think about like just Especially just around here, like wanting to do artistry as like a job, like a full time thing. It's definitely like, like a, it's a possible thing. Cause I mean, you've seen Torian Ball. Like, mm-hmm. He's one that's doing it. Xavier, I think, is one that's doing it as well. And I forgot the, the third guy who's also doing it. But, but anyway, just um, like it's a possible thing. But like, you, I think for me, just being in the artist realm, I'm always looking at different things I can do to make shit full time for me. Like, I'm not just looking at performing, doing stuff as an artist. Like, like I said, I'm getting into like short film writing for some people outside of like the quad cities and all that doing podcasts and like doing stuff like that. You got to be able to just open up your realm. So like the fact that people like move because they like want to be full-time artists, like you can do that. You just got to find like different outlets too. Like, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. Unless you're like dope, like super dope, like dope, 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 like K dot or Jake cold dope. But all right. Got to find different realms. I think, I mean like, Shit like John Deere and whatever, like, made this area, like, big as far as, like, as big as it is now, you know? Yeah. Of industry and shit. It's like, I'd like to see a growth in, like, the arts and culture side mm-hmm. as far as, like, where people could, like, go to school for, like, you know, fucking art or music and then be like, oh, there's actually a lot of job potentials for that in the yeah. QC area or something. You know, that'd be really dope. Yeah, honestly. I think that'd be super dope, man. I think we're on our way to that. Like just with like like you said like the the growth of artists we've had like last few years has been crazy like the crazy amount of rappers. Uh, I think more bands. of the like people who are on bullshit or other artists sometimes that are just like not about it you know those mm-hmm. are getting filtered out kind of too you know <laughs> like, yeah it's more genuine artists now yeah I feel you like. on that so yeah that is really true dope. it's super dope for sure now so as a poet. Do you just do poetry or is it, do you write stories? Do you write, have you written any other things? Uh, I think this year has kind of been my, my, uh, challenge of just getting into other things like writing, uh, more so like haikus and you're writing short poems. Cause a lot of my poems are written from like a performance aspect. Mm-hmm. And I try to tie, I try to make it so that because I know my audience, like a lot of them are those people who are more like literary savvy and like the kind of read, read material. So, uh, I try to write in a way where it's it has kind of this duality where like if it's being performed, it's dope. If mm-hmm. you read it, you still kind of get the dopeness that you would be able to get as if it was being kind of just read and you didn't have anything in front of you. But poetry is my biggest thing. I do a little rap too. Like it's kind of I, I do it like as a creative outlet. Like whenever I like want to write something or anything like that, it's never anything big. Like just to kind of have that thing, uh, kind of to exercise that creative outlet but I like I mean rap is the reason why I started doing poetry like mm-hmm. I tell people like that's my like I always kind of feel like an oddity kind of in the kind of spoken word poetry realm which is kind of like predominantly white you know because um in those realms sometimes there's people who are influenced by Edgar Allan Poe's mm-hmm. Shakespeare's um even Edgar Guest or just like you're more modern like 
spoken word artist too and i i've never really like listened to any of those guys or really just i listened to them for maybe like for a period you know like in school when you had to read that shit right that's the only time like, i ever gave those things like kind of a, a place to kind of breathe in my life but for the most part what influenced me to write poetry was sixth grade when i heard nas mm. made you look that was my first time ever hearing rap and like hearing people like nas missy Elliott, and shit like that I was like man like this is dope but i don't think i could ever do it so i'm gonna write poetry I started doing that in sixth, seventh grade. That was why, like, that you decided to do poetry instead of just going into, like, I'm just going to be a rapper or something? Yeah, I think, because at the time, like, I was super, sixth, seventh grade, I was super just, like, introverted. I'm still introverted now. I just know how to play the part of an extrovert. I tell people that. Like, <laughs> I just know how to play the part. But I just did not. I was just antisocial, introverted. So, like, rap being such an extroverted art, I was like, man, I like this. I admire this. The basement, BT the basement. I don't think a lot of people will know what that is. <laughs> but that stuff, I was like, man, this is dope. But I don't think I could ever do that because I'm just super in my box. So I'll just write poetry. So that's kind of where it started. I, write, I wrote poetry. I wrote like little journals about how my day was. Like, oh, and kind of just made it like, made the narrative kind of hyperbolized. Like made it super exaggerated and kind of make it fun, adventurous and shit. So um, that's kind of like what I did. Like rap kind of influenced that in kind of a weird way. But um, it wasn't until, I want to say five years now, it might be four or five years, um, when I kind of was introduced to a place of uh, spoken word poetry and shit, like by uh, through some uh, homies uh, in the Quad Cities. They kind of opened me up to it and it just blew my mind. I was like, man, like I write poetry and I never did rap. I still don't think I could do rap, but I think I could do the spoken word thing. Mm. So um, I kind of started getting back to writing a little bit. Um, just wrote this uh, little piece. Uh, did it at um, this place that's now the brew. It was the East Village Cafe mm-hmm. back when I started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did that open mic, kind of shared my work. People loved it. And from there, I just kind of continued to do it and do it. And even there, I think a little bit, maybe I was like, I, I watched a little bit of like poetry just because like I wanted to know a little bit how it goes. But for the most part, I was watching Smack TV, <laughs> like <laughs> the battle raps. Yeah. And just kind of pulling from that culture, pulling from what I hear from rap and saying, okay, like this looks dope. This sounds dope. How can I put this into what I do poetically and just like, just kind of change, do something different? Because mm-hmm. um, if you listen, are you familiar with like button poetry or like all deaf poetry? Um, I don't know if I've heard any or much. And they have like a, they're a big like poetry organization like around here. I mean, not around here, but like just in the U.S., and it's filled with like artists who are poets. They have like poetry slams, poetry events, and they have like a lot of videos on uh, YouTube. A lot of people like who are really into spoken word know spoken word by like button poetry, which mm-hmm. is dope. But for me, when I kind of look at it, what was kind of like my, which, which, which is what's still hard to me is that it just sounds like a lot of the people who do stuff on that medium, poets who like read, share their work, do their content, perform, they just all sound the same with like how they do it because there's just, I feel like there's this culture of spoken word that's kind of been created where it's just like, you got to do this, 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 that, and the other. So like the art's kind of being compartmentalized. And for me, like I'm just a person who just like, doesn't like being put in boxes. So I'm like, man, fuck that. Like I'm a, put some battle rap in this. <laughs> I'm gonna put some of this in here and mm-hmm. like, just make something different. That's kind of just stands out, you know? So, um, and it's, it's, it's nothing unique in and of itself too. I have to say that too. Cause a lot of my homies shout out to, uh, big Geronimo in Chicago and like those homies down there who do spoken word, they really put me on to like how much more like the culture of like rap and battle rap can be fit into poetry and be dope as hell. Like they really kind of influenced me this past year. So yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about. I just, I just went off. Yeah. That was so, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, mean, I can tell when you perform like using, uh, it's very intense. 
a lot yeah. of times, you know, mm-hmm. and that's really dope. Yeah, it's super funny because like I think, and again, I think this just comes from a very like, I, w- I won't say white perspective. That that sounds like a jerk thing, but it's mostly like whenever I get done performing, people think that I'm like this super woke dude or whatever, <laughs> like uh, that I'm just super political or that I'm like this yeah. that other. It's like no, like. I just like art and I have some shit to say. Like (laughs) they think I'm just trying to start this revolution, like politically or activist wise. I was like, nah, bro, I'm just, yeah, I'm not the for me for Senate. Yeah. (laughs) It's a chance. I think chance the rapper said the best in his song. I need, I might need security. He said, I'm not an activist. I'm the protagonist. So it's just like, I just like, I just like writing shit, man. I just like doing, letting RB art. But yeah, it's, it's always intense just cause like, I think I just write, what I kind of feel. I always like look at shit that happens whether it's like political whether it's just like close to me look at that shit mm-hmm. and just learn how to kind of I just kind of ask myself like how do I feel about this and kind of put that in kind of writing and allow myself to really be enveloped in those feelings so it is very intense and again like comes I also have the influence like battle rap culture which is like intense as fuck if you've watched like smack tv or url or a bullpen and all that it's very intense art so I always try to like encapsulate what they do into my art too for sure hell yeah how old are you now i'm 27 27 years so old. you said maybe about four or five years ago you started yep yep it was like yeah i started um it's, it's crazy how i started it was like a pretty uh it was like a journey within a journey as one of my favorite like authors called it but i just finished up my fourth year of college still had it I said I'd like two more years to go and all that, <laughs> and um, I was I was working cross country and tracking college and shit, so I had something to focus on to kind of keep me motivated to kind of like go through classes and all that. But um, in college, you can only run, you can only do a sport for four years, and then like you're just done. Hmm. And I was at St. Ambrose at the time, and um, on my fourth year, I still had classes to take, and kind of I had that motivation though. I had that kind of like sport kind of taken away of like oh like I did my four years in college and it's done and. Um, I was kind of in this place of making the decision of whether I wanted to continue to St. Ambrose, go there and pay the deficit <laughs> that <laughs> took the place of the scholarship I was given and just like not know what the hell I'm doing or do I want to just take a year off and just figure out what I want to do. So after my fourth year, I just took a year off of school. Um, I actually moved out to La Claire and I uh, was interning at like a church there and just kind of like doing things. Cause at the time I thought I wanted to be like a church planner and like associate pastor and all this. So I was out there just doing my thing. And um, in the midst of that year is when I kind of found poetry and shit. And um, that's where I kind of started writing. And um, it was kind of like, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing. I think writing, I'm definitely like convinced that writing like was given to me in that time to kind of teach me to think for myself, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of look, look at the things around me and kind of really kind of just like interrogate them and like, okay, this shit's kind of weird. Like what's happening here? Like what's happening here? I, I didn't notice that before, but like now I'm kind of having my gears turning my critical thinking like I don't really make sense of this and like around that time there's just a lot of things that were happening in my life that weren't making sense like more from like a religious standpoint kind of like my my views kind of changing and kind of just like not agreeing with a lot of things and I like after I kind of figured that out that there's like a lot of stuff going down that I just didn't really like agree with with like organized religion and like in the western in our western region I kind of made the decision to kind of leave focus on my craft focus on like writing just focus on just like this art shit mm-hmm. as opposed to focusing on that world that i was in so um yeah that was yeah four years ago i think i was like 20 yeah i was like 24 yep so it was about like four years ago so it was kind of like a off road off the road kind of journey but it's just like this is where you're supposed to be the whole time so it was kind of dope hell yeah that's sick mm-hmm. and now 
with doing poetry and everything that's led to you had a you have a book out now yeah yep unfinished and the title is literally unfinished I mean, you'll, you can look it up. <laughs> you, you know, on Finn. <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. I wrote that um, last year. Well, yeah, I started writing it last year, and I published it December twenty sixth um, of last year. And it's a, uh, it was a good book. Like, I kind of, I shouldn't say like I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like I should give myself more credit for like work that I do. But sometimes it's just super like, I'm, a, I'm my, wor- I'm my own worst critic. Like, like yeah, everything. So like, when I kind of look at it it's a great book. Like, I'm glad I put it out. I'm glad I kind of like had the balls to, uh, self-publish, do my own shit, do it the way I wanted. Like that was just an open experience in and of itself. Um, and it, it was a collection of work that I wrote over the last like four years. So it's a big, like a big space of like a lot of writing mm-hmm. that I've done in the last like four years. And with that, I was in a lot of seasons, obviously like I was in this like place of obviously just like having a viewpoint here that I believed in, Next year, didn't quite believe in that one. Third year was different than the year before and the year before that one. So, like, all the work kind of came from, like, all these kind of different places. And it it was kind of like a goulash of just different things from, like, social shit, spirituality, like, relationships. I mean, you you got the book, so, like, you kind of, like, no, or maybe you haven't read it, and that's okay if you didn't. No, No, but it was just, like, a a big amalgamation of a bunch of stuff, which um, I just wanted to get off my chest. I think that was kind of the purpose of the book, to kind of just have this out get it out and kind of um kind of have my my farewell with those pieces that I kind of wrote you know kind mm-hmm. of share with people and see how they like wrestle with it or how they kind of like it so and now when you started doing poetry more seriously did you always have the goal of like writing a book or did that come like, no were you planning it for a while <laughs> no actually it came pretty I think it came pretty recently it came at the beginning of last year when I first started doing um poetry and I think that's just because of the the culture that is the Quad Cities, there's not a lot of poets, like, around here, like, who do spoken word poetry. Mm -hmm. Like, we have rappers, we have songwriters, we have everything else, like, musically, like, in the aesthetic, like, department, but we don't have a lot of people who do spoken word. So for me, I had a lot of influence, which I think made my art unique, you know, because I didn't have other poets to write poetry with. (laughs) I had all these other (laughs) artists around me, like, oh, that's dope. I want to put this in my stuff and put this in here. But um, I think um, when I first started, and having the influence that I did with like local artists and all that, I wanted to come out with like a project, like a record, um, a mixtape of some sort or something like that. And I wanted to be more of a rapper than I was poet. And I wanted to do both at one time. So like, it was kind of like, it was honestly, uh, kind of me taking the step to uh, write a book was kind of me just being comfortable with like what I do. Cause I feel like, um, I put this up a couple weeks, not a couple days ago, my IG, like after the passing of uh, Stan Lee. But um, when it came to like poetry, like even now, I think I still have glimpses of it, but it feels sometimes that it's just like, man, like this is not the cool thing. Like people aren't into this. Like all my cool friends are rapping. All my cool <laughs> friends are doing shows at the Raccoon Whiskey Bar Motel. I don't, I don't even know what the hell they think the place is called. Like, uh, <laughs> it's got I a bunch of animals. It. I think that's what it was called. It's <laughs> got two animals and whiskey. <laughs> I think something like that. <laughs> right. But um, I'll just look at that and like, man, like this is just like, this is kind of like the bottom of the barrel kind of stuff. But I kind of had to wrestle with that for a minute and like kind of realized that it really wasn't. It was just unique. It was different. And just because a, a lot of people aren't doing it around me doesn't mean that it has no, uh, it doesn't have like a, a value, you know? So um, when I kind of started living kind of the identity of just like knowing that I'm a poet, that I'm a writer and shit, 
I started being able to say, okay, like since I'm a poet and I'm a writer, I'm less likely to make a record, even though I could make a record, which I'm working on one, like a, a poetry EP and I'm working on one next year. Okay. I could do that, but I can also write a book. Like, mm-hmm. because, because I'm a, a, like a, a poet, like I can write a book. Like if I was just like a rapper, like say, or maybe I was like a little Yachty, like rapper. If I wrote a book of my lyrics, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> but that shit wouldn't like, it'd be like, oh, this is kind of, mm. you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. So, um, right kind of like the the book was big for me i should say that my first book was big for me because i was like my kind of my proclamation to myself was saying like what you do is dope like don't ever kind of like water that down just because like people around you aren't the same just because like what you do is different like your shit is dope write this fucking book and like don't worry about anything else so that's i think the the symbolism behind writing the first book was was dope to me it kind of gave me a place of just like being comfortable being myself being my own skin and like just doing my shit yeah. And being being dope at it. To, yeah. To the best yeah. my ability. Fuck yeah. It looks yeah. dope too. I like the artwork and shit. Yeah. It's well, pretty nice. Yeah. Shout out to Brandon. Like he, uh, when we when we went out to uh, take pictures for that, we I think we just like were walking around town and we were thinking like, okay, where the fuck do we want to take pictures at? And Brandon's like, oh, I know this like cool place under a bridge. We went to it in like Davenport. And uh, I forgot where exactly. I know exactly. I know where it's at. But like when it comes to streetwise, I don't know where the hell <laughs> yeah. like the street is or that. Yeah, exactly. Streets. But when we got there, I was like, man, like this is a dope picture to take a picture in front of. I mean, this is a dope like graffiti, like whatever you would call the aesthetic to take a picture in front of. We took a picture there. It was cold as fuck that day, freezing. And um, I'm very awkward. Like I can't look at pictures. Like I can't look at uh, cameras and take pictures and make it look right. Like I just can't. I'm just not photogenic. Like I think it's awkward. Serious. Yeah, you're either super serious. I'm either super serious or just awkward, or my smile just looks fake as hell. <laughs> like it's either one of those three. So like I was like, man, like when we were going through the pictures, we we're looking at them. I was like, okay, that one's not going. That one's not going. Okay, I'm looking at the ground. Like let's just do that one. <laughs> and it's funny because people think it's just like a profound thing. Like oh, he must be looking at the ground because it means something. It's like no, nah, I'm just awkward <laughs> as hell, <laughs> and I can't look at the camera. It like, looks dope. Yeah, yeah, bro, it is. I like if it was like a candid thing, like where I was kind of looking at the camera, but not like you know some candid shit. It probably would turn that dope that way too. But I'm just not. I can't look at the cameras. Just not can you that. cock your eye and just have one looking at the camera and one looking away? <laughs> yeah, hey, you know that's that's the next like book cover. That's the next book cover. Which go. actually, I'm working. On, I just started working on my book, my next book this week actually too. Yeah, man. Do you know when that might be out, or it's just? It's gonna be out. Um, the week of Valentine's Day, which will be pretty interesting because I won't be in the country <laughs> at yeah. the time. But um, I'm gonna have a, I'm setting shit up in place so that when it comes out, um, it'll be able to come out successfully with me not being there. But I'm super excited about that one too. It's kind of a book to kind of hold people over before my bigger project that I'm releasing at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. But this one's uh, kind of a it's I, I shouldn't with it kind of coming out at the around the Valentine's like time it's called i'm not anti-love i promise and uh, it's just a bunch of like poems that i've written and just stories about just like awkward mishaps like relationship wise like things mm-hmm. are just weird and just yeah. it's not hating on it out at any point no, i think sure. like i think it's because i think it's easy for people who are like single as fuck on those days just be hating ass <laughs> people just say like oh i hate this day yeah. y'all y'all aren't even in love y'all spend on your business like quit being a hating ass like person right, <laughs> but, right. but it's just it's just me sharing real ass stories that are just funny as fuck like just super funny just super just like ironic and weird and mm-hmm. peculiar that sounds really cool yeah and now you said you're working on a album as well yeah a strictly spoken word album yeah, it's gonna well, it's gonna be a mixture of both. Like a mi- I say mixture because uh, the rap aesthetics or the singing aesthetics are gonna come from friends that I know, 
uh-huh. and that I throw on his features. Like I've kind of, I've learned like in this last year, last few months, I should say, to kind of stay in my lane when it comes to, like what I do art wise. Like being able to like branch out and do different things, but when I know that I'm good at something, do that for a record and like don't be too experimental. That's just for me personally. So like it's gonna be a goulash of like rappers, sing like singer songwriters, and then me doing poetry. But um, my first one that I'm working on right now. It's just going to be a simple EP to kind of just put out some stuff and uh, kind of uh, show people like what it kind of sounds like when like spoken word meets like low fidelity kind of like beat style, you know, because like I think like a lot of a lot of spoken word records that I've heard at least that are like really like popular ones um, always have this. uh, uh, They have this place of always having the instrumental that they picked be kind of like a drum beat, like, you know, like something that you would expect, like at a jazz cafe or something like that, (laughs) which is cool. But like, again, um, like with me just kind of like being different and having like a different kind of influence, I'm like, man, why not just like find how to throw in a trap beat, (laughs) like some trap beat aesthetics behind this poetry or some lo-fi shit. So this project I'm working on right now, I'm working on with uh, my roommate, actually, he's a beat producer. Shout out to uh, Preston, a.k.a. Sun God. Dope ass dude, super dope. But uh, we're working on a EP now, which is going to be done at the end of this year. That's just going to be kind of another, like I said, it's going to be a holdover project for uh, the bigger project that I have next year. The, the bigger like spoken word rap record that I'm working on next year called Black Thoughts, the amalgamation of black righteousness and righteousness, righteousness, righteousness and righteous righteousness yeah. is what it's called. Yeah, fuck yeah. That one's going to be. I'm super excited about that one. Like, just because like how I've kind of just extended like what I wanted to do like like idea wise just because like I, I feel like I work on I, it takes me a while to work on projects like I'm really jealous of like artists like around here that can just like push out projects left and right left and right left and yeah. right because I just can't do that because like I'm, I'm always, trying to get to that point myself just yeah like putting everything in place to where I have the ability to like just be able yeah. to keep cranking the shit out exactly so. for me I just like I'm just like such a slow dude when it comes to that because like I'm always thinking about like what else I can put in something what else I can take away from something like what samples can I put in this like maybe from like Malcolm X speech, or maybe I can take mm. some stuff from this over here from a show. Like I'm just always thinking about like how to kind of like make like one track kind of like be connected, like well connected, you know, like be like be production wise like dope, instrumentally dope, uh, the content dope, and just uh, myself just being able to like say what I say in a way to kind of like make people catch everything that's happening, you know. So I'm just super slow when it comes to that, but I don't think I'll ever get like fast at it, which is okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a process to it that requires some time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, some people, maybe if they try and crank out shit super fast, they're going to lose some quality, depending. It depends on the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, definitely. I think I'm just such a quality over quantity kind of guy. Like, I'm just... And then, yeah, just being, of course, like with most artists, probably even myself, just being your biggest critic, you know? Yeah, exactly. all these details. Uh I'm actually, for the project, I'm actually, I made the decision to uh, drop one of the singles from the project, the EP, like next week on Black Friday, which this will be way past that. But um, with that, like, I was kind of even, I was talking to my roommate, I was like, yo, we're going to drop this this day and this is going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. And like, as I was saying that, I'm like, man, like, am I really ready for this? (laughs) What are people going to think? It's going to be weird. It's going to be that. But I try to get past all that stuff and just say, you know what, whatever. Like, say, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Do it. (laughs) It's, yeah, the I don't give a fuck is the just not, not give a fuck isms is what I call it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for that though. Now, on your album, is it going to consist of like just spoken word tracks and then also tracks with beats and shit 
Does it no, all have it, music it's all it all has music. Okay. All of it has music. Yeah, for this one specifically, like I'll have one track where I'm like doing my like how how we kind of did the process of it was pretty interesting. Where um, for me, I can't listen to a beat beforehand when I like write something because then I'm just gonna be stuck on like how to match my writing to that beat, which I shouldn't do. <laughs> like so, like what I did was like I pre-recorded everything just acapella at first, six tracks. Send it to Preston and said, Preston, whatever you think think about when you hear this, like whatever, you know what to do. Like I ain't even gonna touch nothing. Like you're the artist. Like you make the beats. Like when you hear this poem, going like what comes to your mind? Like what kind of feel? What kind of sound? What kind of vibration comes? And that's how we kind of did that. Because for me, just like if he was to give me a beat and say write a poem to this beat, I would try to try. I would try to match it up with like the cadence. It would be more like rap than it would poetry mm -hmm. because I would have like okay like. Let me stay on beat here. Let me stay on beat here. And like, I don't have to do that when I just write it uh, ahead of time and just like give it. So yeah, the process is super different for sure. Definitely. Now and then, sometimes when you perform live, you do it with a band as well. Like a yeah. Band. Yep. I did. Yeah. I've I did, I've been doing stuff with Grandiose. Shout out to them too. Super dope band. Shout out. Yay. Yeah. Jason, those cats. I was doing stuff with them for a good minute. Like uh, for really for our uh, shows, we just like I think. Our first time we did it was last year, I think, at the island, RIP. Um, oh, we did yeah. something at the island because I just got booked for it randomly. I'm like, man, like I'm doing this with rappers. Like I want to do something different than let me just grab these guys. And we rehearsed, yeah. did some stuff, and people loved it. And I would still do it with them uh, to this day for sure. But yeah. You ever consider putting out an album with them? Like, Yeah, we actually... The, the EP that I'm working on now, I was going to put put it together with them, like, as the band to kind of, like, play behind and all that, but with them being so busy, because they do their own thing, like, as a band, like, they travel to Colorado and shit and all that uh, to play music and all that stuff, so they were just, like, too busy on their side, plus a lot of them went to school, a lot of them worked a bunch. My schedule was super busy, though, so, like, our schedules just couldn't click together, and the guy who were going to have uh, kind of be our uh, engineer, the, the famous Sam Max Sr., um, he was, uh, I think he was just really busy on his end too, living in Peoria, like having to kind of drive back and forth. So, and I was kind of still like in that place of like being the artistic critic, critic that I am like saying, okay, like they're dope, but like, are they going to fit the sound that I really want for this like project? Like, is it right for this one? I could see that for like maybe a different project that I'm working on, but like for the first one that I wanted to do, I just don't think it fit the sound that I wanted. So. I definitely want to, like, in the future, like, work on a project with them because they're just, like, super cool cats and they're talented. Really cool. Definitely. Really cool. That'd change it up, too, having an album with them, album with other rappers and singers, too, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well like I said, like, I think for me, just, again, being kind of influenced by a lot of, like, rap culture and even, like, neo-soul, like, Erica Badu is, like, a big influence of mine. Lauren Hill's a big influence. Thundercats, those guys, like, the funk band. Like those having all those influences, I always had influence from like a singing, songwriting perspective too. So being able to take rappers that kind of influenced me, taking the culture of rapping that influenced me and put it in this project and taking kind of that culture too, just kind of seemed right, you know? Like if I was to put like grandiose in this, like it wouldn't have seemed completely right because it wasn't, those writings weren't influenced by kind of a grandiose kind of band, if that makes sense, you know? Right. It would kind of feel kind of, People, would, I think some people would like it, but for me, it just would have felt kind of really weird, you know. Like, mm -hmm. I, I would have like always looked back at it like, I, I wish I could have did this or that or that or the other. So, but um, it's really cool. Like, with um, 
what kind of Kevin rappers and songwriters kind of featured on it, on it, on stuff that I've already written from top to bottom. Like it kind of gives you this place of like being really creative, like with what I want to do. Like for example, my Black Like Me piece you've heard like a thousand times. I'm I, I bet, mm-hmm. but um, I'm having a feature Isaiah, um, from Davenport. He's a feature on that project, on that specific track. And what I did was like since the tr- since it was already written like from top to bottom. I kind of had to put myself in place like, okay, where can I click Isaiah in to kind of like make this transition well and kind of make the whole story flow. So I have him uh, in the poem. Like when I say, oh, there's a, there's a fact about myself that almost everyone feels need to remind me I am black. I punch him right there. He raps for eight bars uh, and kind of ends this uh, verse. What's something that kind of ties into I'm so black so that I can go back to what I'm doing. And then I have him on later in the track doing eight more verses for the i am white part so like yeah with it like it just makes it unique you know like it's not like i do the whole poem mine is done and he does a verse it's like no they're engrafted in my shit like we're all like going back and forth so i like being able to have that creativity where like because i'm a spoken word artist i can like think of like okay how can i put this rapper here put this singer here put that there maybe i have them just do my lyrics for me (laughs) you know like have us in a different feel so it's it's cool to have that kind of that uniqueness and kind of that versatility at hand that'd be dope to hear yeah man i'm telling you now do you plan on like continually just coming out with albums and books and things like that oh yeah definitely like um like i said like this year um I have the next three years kind of planned out with like project wise, like what I want to do record rise. And I kind of told myself, I'm just giving myself a whole year for each project. Like this, this next year would be the black thoughts project. The year after that, I want to write a project just so I'm talking about kind of like mental health and like shit, kind of my struggles in that and all that stuff kind of kinds to like what sort of kind of what J Cole did with his KOD project a little bit. And then after that, I wanted to do another project, which probably doesn't matter because I'm probably won't be alive. Hopefully I will be to come out with a project. So I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, I should be. But um, yeah, I think just like just kind of like knowing myself and kind of finding out how I worked this past year. I think just like doing an album a year and a book as well with that kind of mm-hmm. just works well with the process, you know. So I definitely kind of plan on just doing that, just giving myself a lot more thinking time. And I mean, a year is a, a pretty good lengthy time to kind of like plan out things and kind of like stay consistent with them. So the, the fact that I have it planned out now and how it will go kind of just makes it easier. So. I definitely continue to do that and obviously just dabbling in other things. Like I said, I have a the Black Thoughts podcast coming out next year as well mm-hmm. with the project. As well as a book. Black Thoughts book is coming out next year too, so it's just gonna be a, a year of Black Thoughts. Shout out to Black Thoughts. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you should have like a thing that's a shout out. <laughs> no, but um yeah, I'm doing those and also just again like dabbling into like short film writing. Cause I have like a lot of ideas that kind of my mentor has been pushing me to kind of like, kind of make a thing too. So I plan on just doing a lot of things, honestly, just to kind of become an overall creative, really just not being compartmentalized, just knowing that I can be creative and whatever. So definitely you're going to have like a dope, huge body of work. What's up? You're going to have like a dope, huge body of work. Eventually. Hella books. Hella Yeah. That's going to be sick. Yeah, man. It'd be exciting, man. It's crazy. It's it's always crazy just thinking about how I like wrote a book like you know like right yeah it's like that's that, just, I yeah. think that's on my bucket list for yeah. I don't know what I would <laughs> write at this point but mm-hmm. something yeah it's yeah. it's not it's not a hard process man it definitely is and I think people kind of like look at it and think it's like a hard process but it's it was pretty easy for me to learn like obviously the first time it has it had its bumps and bruises but like now even going to this book I I know it's like what to expect like okay I need to do this here that here. 
make sure I put this in this formatting before I do that. So it's it's a pretty easy process, man, for sure. Definitely. So look out for Cody's book when he comes out, folks. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's going to be called Finished. All right, in 2030. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, shit. So, and you also, you, you were going to come out with like a video, weren't you? Yes, that one, it's still, we're still working on it. I was actually meeting, I'm actually meeting with my mentor pretty soon here to kind of finish it because he does like, the guy who shot it, like, does a lot of video stuff for people outside the state. Like, that's kind of his, he's like a freelance videographer and does a lot of stuff like video wise and uh, professional circles. So he's just always busy with that one. But we're finishing that up. We'll be done by the end of this year. <laughs> and we'll be, and you were in it too. Yeah, you're yeah. Like starring, <laughs> starring Cody, Code V. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, it's gonna be dope video. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we originally we originally started writing that video because um, there was a school in Cedar Rapids that contacted me and said they wanted me to like do a, a visual for them, like a poetic visual, um, that had to do a race. So I'm like, okay, like I got Black Light yeah. Me too, easy. Wrote the whole shit for it. Um, only to find then as we kind of start filming, I think our first day of filming, we were filming it, shooting it, and all that. And I get home that night. And they're, uh, one of them re- the people from the school reached out and said, oh, we actually might not need that video to uh, like next year of like 2019, so you can keep working on it, but we just don't need it now. I'm like, okay, cool, like no pressure. Because like originally they wanted to just get done like three months. So I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> all right, I got some time. So <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool. It was a cool little feel, but um, it's a great video. I'm super, I want to do more of that like where again, kind of like being an artist, like I wanted, I wanted to do like a lot more spoke word videos, but gonna have kind of the duality of like making short films out of them, like making them yeah. out of story and shit, oh, you know? Yeah. Cause like, Ooh, that'd be interesting to have like short films with like sprinkled in pieces throughout the a story or something. Hey, like, that'd be kinda crazy. we might be working on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just think that's a cool thing, you know, like again, like when you kind of see like rap music videos or like anything like that, they, they have a story and all that to them but um i think we kind of have like an ear to like really listening to the music that we don't really get in tune with the story that's happening Mm. visually Mm. but with spoken word like it's so kind of just like i don't want to say plainly given but it's 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 a like it's kind of delivered in a way where like you can focus on the words and the visuals just make it pop all the Mm. more you know you you could probably think about a video that you've seen that like think about a fucking a fucking car commercial like (laughs) (laughs) or you kind of see the car driving but like you hear kind of like the the voice like talking about the the Audi eight seven six. I don't know if that's a car. I just guessed. <laughs> it said some. It's coming out shit. next year. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just think like with me, I want to be able to kind of like have the duality of giving people like a kind of like a, a visual of like kind of what was in my head when I was like thinking of this piece, and I think it would just be kind of like dope. I'm doing a couple of those actually for uh, this EP. There's one. There's one song that's spe- specifically that we're uh, doing that I'm playing in visuals for and I'm like pretty pretty pumped by it like just kind of thinking about it but it's it'll be dope too so you guys can just tune into that whenever yeah hell yeah coming soon coming soon <laughs> to theaters near you not theaters maybe like well fuck it we're putting in the theater god damn it <laughs> <laughs> who's paying <laughs> go fund me page right now yeah <laughs> have it be like a little bumper before the films and shit like a little preview. yeah hey that'd be dope That'd be interesting. I Way feel to like, market. I, I feel like you just came up with something there. There you go. Man. 
about to talk to the movie theaters about that. Yeah, be like, so what do I got to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you allow for your fucking preview? Yeah, exactly. How right. much money exactly? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how much money. Let's just get down to the real that's question. All, how man, much that's money? That's the only question, really. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one question y'all were on. So let's get down to the, the nitty gritty. <laughs> that would be kind of crazy, actually. I think it'd be crazy, man. Let's do it. <laughs> let's go. I feel like we're 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 gonna shoot something, at folks. Short film before uh before Toy Story four. Is that the next one coming out? Because there's a new Toy Story coming mm-hmm. out next year. Toy Story 4. Just have our, our, our video before that. Because everybody's going to go to Toy oh, Story. Yeah. Everybody. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to that. Yeah, Fuck exactly. yeah, I'm man, going. Seriously, man. I think I've probably seen like every one of the Toy Stories. In yeah, man. I was into the games, the movies. Um, I think one year I wanted to be Buzz Lightyear, but that whole like suit thing, just it just didn't work out. So I was, go- <laughs> I was Goku. Instead, it worked out better, but yeah, I think if you don't like Toy Story, there's something. Get the fuck out of Yeah, here. there's something happening in your childhood that's traumatizing. That's that OG fucking Pixar shit. I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying, like, and, and they, they did short films too, like, in their movies. They do. So, in this, this, I think this idea will work. Like, this is just like solidifying this idea. We can just do a short film and kind of have that be the thing. Pixar, let's open up. Mm-hmm. Drop our mixtape. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, fuck it. We'll animate it too. We'll make yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> man. That'd be dope, man. This creativity is crazy right now. Definitely. <laughs> I dig this. Fuck yeah. Now, you like, do you also work with like the children? teaching them like workshops or something yeah yep so uh I'm, I, that's another realm i'm glad you brought that up but yeah another realm of what i do which really kind of like has capacity to really like kind of pay the bills if, if you want to call it that is uh, i teach workshops for creative writing uh at schools from elementary school junior high high school college age and beyond too just kind of like teaching the writing process more from the black aesthetics, like I said, because like that's kind of like where more I can like teach confidently, you know, like how to teach like what imagery looks like from a rap perspective, from a spoken word slash rap perspective for me, what uh, metaphor, simile, how what I can pull out from battle rap culture. That's like that's kind of an important uh, literary work. So I teach all that and teach how to perform it, too. I teach all those things. As a kid, that'd be really interesting to be in a class like that. You know? Yeah, it's man, it's super fun, man. Like it's so awesome. I think um, the last one I did was at uh, the Black Hawk. Uh, was through Black Hawk College. No, it wasn't through Black Hawk College. It was through um this uh, this gospel music camp. But I came through the whole week and taught poetry, spoken word, and all that, and um, just kind of seeing the kids' reactions and all that, like kids who didn't know going into it like they, they thought poetry was lame which we we all thought you know we all thought going to my poetry roses are red violets are blue that's lame but when i kind of just sh- like showed and broke down like okay look at andre's 3000's gemini uh, Quemini. look at this look what he says look how poetic that is look what he did he did this multi-syllable thing bum 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 right. bum yeah like, like poetry oh. it's like a inter- it's, i mean well obviously it's an art and all that just because mm-hmm. it's like an interesting way of speaking like you know exactly like you could just like break down a poem you know and like just say it plainly as like a sentence you know like this is what he's saying exactly then it's like this whole artsy like side to it Mm -hmm. same with like you know normal sentence you could just say something normal that doesn't sound cool or crazy at all but then you could twist it up and change the way the words you use and the way you you know Mm -hmm. where you put the words and shit and then oh now you have this exactly piece or something you know exactly you can do it without music and it'll be just as dope yeah and like being yeah. able to show kids that it's just super cool but yeah i've been able to do it for uh like i've been able to do like a bunch of camps around here and um i did a, 
I had one of my like really cool accomplishments this year was uh go. To, I went out to Parsons, Kansas, uh, before summer and like taught six classrooms. I think I taught, <laughs> I taught four junior high classrooms and then two high school classrooms. By the end of the day, I was burnt. Oh wow! <laughs> so burnt. what's the age like range? Jeez, that with uh, with that one specifically. Well, with all that you've done with the kids, do you do really young kids and older kids? All of it? I've done it all. Like I, I should say, I've, I'm, I haven't done infants obviously because infants just can't understand that. <laughs> but I've uh, I've done. Like really uh, lower elementary, yeah, like damn. first, third grade, which is like you kind of I have to throw out the stuff that I like at that point and kind of teach it in a very simplistic, like kind of structure at that point with those because they don't understand like mm-hmm. phonetics, <laughs> multisyllables. What? Like, <laughs> what's all that? So it's kind of less I shouldn't say it, it's less fun for me just because like, I like being able to like break down like the, mm. the real stuff to like people and kind of have them like grasp that. But yeah, I've done like all ages from first to uh to a college age so um i'd have to say though like high school is probably like my favorite like all like junior high uh, like maybe eighth grade up to like high school that age is my favorite because like they're kind of in that place they're just kind of trying to figure life out they have a bunch of stuff to say and they understand like the stuff that i'm like talking about and when i kind of break it down you kind of see like light bulbs go off like oh mm-hmm. like Lil Wayne's song is poetry, <laughs> you know, and they don't have like, yeah, it's not in like a super just like teachy, teachery kind of way for like a better term. Like I'm, I'm going to school now to get my like degree in education and all that stuff, which is going to take another three years. But, um, I think what kind of like, what makes like what I do kind of unique is that it's not given in kind of like this, like acad- academia kind of way, you know, like, like when I think about like the creative writing class that I had in in a uh, high school I actually had a really dope ass like creative writing teacher so maybe I shouldn't talk about that one because Miss Johnson was dope as hell and she had the most freshest J's like she I think she still rocks like the most freshest J's like still <laughs> but she was a cool like creative writing teacher but I think like when I kind of see creative writing teachers now who have me come in and talk to their students they teach her from such like a an academic place where it kind of makes it seem mundane yeah boring dull they kind of take the salt out of it you know the flavoring out of it so like for me I'm just like I'm very unorthodox and like different with how I kind of teach poetry. I'm like, okay, just let's throw out the one size kind of fits all stuff. Like, and I'm always like, let's, let's put this in here. Like, let's put these facts in here and like pick out who they listen to. I'll pick out a little Yachty Yachty song. I'll pick out a little Uzi song to listen to it. Like, and like break down like how poetic it is. Like I'll do that stuff. Cause like, that's, that's what they vibe with. They're not going to vibe with (laughs) Edgar Allan Poe and how like that dude was gross as fuck, but he was dope. But they just (laughs) were just going to look at that like, what? You know, so it's, it's cool. Like being able to like work with that age group, junior high to high school for sure. Doing that method is probably a good way to like actually get to the kids. Like, you know, exactly. They know that you're not trying to be like this, uh, this lame ass older person who's trying to be cool. (laughs) Trying to be. Yeah. I was like, I listen to young kids music. (laughs) (laughs) You guys heard that young Jazzy? The young Jazzy? What about Jazzy? You mean Jay-Z? No, Jazzy. Yeah. They know that, like, I really know my shit when it comes to, like, art-wise. Like, okay, Lil Yachty, I kind of know who that is. Like, Kendrick Lamar. You wouldn't understand, like, how much kids don't know Kendrick Lamar, though. Really? That blows my mind. Like, I was having an argument. I was just argument. I was just like, these kids were like listening to little, like Lil Uzi. And I was like, I was messing with them. I was like, oh, you listen to Lil Uzi? Like, what about Kendrick Lamar, though? I was like, who's Kendrick Lamar? I'm like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, who's that? He sounds like a lame. <laughs> my goodness. And that's when I go to the teacher's office and be like, I can teach this class. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> put a couple O's behind what I make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you just went into like these workshops and teaching these kids with your own 
just experience, but you said you're going to school for teaching and education, so you kind of have a background in yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. knowing how to do that in a yeah. Good I mean, way. I've, yeah, <laughs> I've been going to. I mean, I've gone to school for it, and um, I've worked with kids like from summer school, summer camps, before and after school camps, f- ever since I was 20 years old, and I'm 27 now. So I have seven years of like knowing kids, like how they work, how they tick, all these other little things. Having friends that are teachers, listen to them, listen to how kids work, and this is down the other. But um, I kind of already have an idea of how to. So like, and again, like it really kind of baffles people when I tell them like I don't have like, like I don't really have like legitimate credentials to be able to do what I do. Like I just know my shit. Like, sure. I know a lot more shit than a lot of like the English teachers who <laughs> kind of trying to do something because like yeah. I've studied. I'm kind of a, like a, I'm a student of like of the art and of English and literature in and of itself. So and uh, just off of that, people are able to kind of see that and kind of see what I do and kind of just say like, OK, well, like his his shit speaks for itself. So I can just go in there with like the own stuff, my own stuff that I've learned, uh, my own like lesson plans that I've made. And kind of uh, things that I kind of trial and errored with like different workshops and all that stuff, and kind of just go with that. Honestly, kind of just go in there like a, I'm just like I own that bitch. So definitely, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever like consider this is where you'd be going down, like the path that you'd be taking? Nah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because like I feel like uh, I took people like this. I feel like everything that I've done in the last seven years of my life kind of led up to this moment like my my freshman year of college I majored in creative writing because I want to be a short story writer I didn't know what that looked like I just liked writing stories at the time then I was kind of um um what do you say I, I was kind of discouraged from that because it didn't make a lot of money yeah <laughs> so I jumped to education elementary education at first that's where I started working with the kids and this is any other and I did that from like a academic perspective I did that from a church perspective too I like work with kids like in, in a church setting because like so I was well, well acquainted with like how kids work and all that stuff did that from age 20 to 24 took a year off of school went back to school in psychology and sociology because like I obviously again like being in that place of writing and being more psychological and thinking and all that stuff and being more as the kids call it woke <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> being more like aware of like stuff around me I wanted to study like psychology and know like how a kid's mind works how people's minds work and like mm-hmm. how society like makes them work in a certain way. And then realizing that that though that was a dope major, it wasn't like kind of, it wasn't like getting me what I wanted really. Like it, I couldn't see myself doing with anything with it. So I went back to middle school mm. education. So like all these things though, creative writing, working with kids, like understanding how the mind works, understanding how society works and being able to put that into write, written pieces and being able to kind of like teach how I wrote those, like all these things kind of like, was kind of like, oh, like you were always meant to do that shit. You just had to go through this, this, sure, that, and yeah. the other. And it's kind of like the journey within the journey. So they all kind of led up to that moment of just like what I do now. So I never saw it, but I kind of had like little glimpses of it through all the little shit that I was doing. Right. Now. Yeah. And then literally like just having to break everything down and actually teach it, especially to kids. It probably gives you like a huge, like just personal understanding of your own just craft yourself. You might have had more insight. Just, yeah. just like the fact of just saying it like, oh, this is how I do this and that. And this is what leads to this and that, you know? It's- yeah, no, seriously. I remember there's this one teacher in Moline, a really awesome teacher. She had this thing where um, she showed uh, her kids my Black Like B video, which is not black. It was a different video. Black Like Me is one I shot last year, which is on YouTube. But he, she showed her students that and had her students, 20 of these students, um, write down what they saw in the video that kind of spoke to them. 
when I came to came in to teach a workshop that day, they all gave me their like twenty students giving their papers and all that, and to read what they picked out of it, I'm like, yo, mm. I didn't even realize I did that shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, what? Like you saw that? And mm. like, that's it. That's you. And it's just like, it definitely gave me a better understanding of like my work and all that, and like how. I should say better understanding of like how people's interpretation of my work can like sure. can like really take them to all these different places, you know. So it was really dope to kind of see that crazy. And this was from like I think this is from like fourth fifth graders, but they were like advanced class, like fourth fifth graders. So like being able to see like this, I was like, yeah, you guys are smart, bro. Like, what yeah. The heck? So yeah, it's, it's always yeah, <laughs> seriously, yeah, it's always just like a really just like cool. It's yeah, art. I mean, always like whenever I. I'm teaching these workshops, um, wherever it's at, whenever I'm like doing shows and all that, I always, it's always giving me a better like understanding of self and like what I can do art wise and like kind of allowing me to kind of like kind of push progress, always progress in my art, you know? Right. So it's always cool to like do those workshops and all super dope. The kids give me more than I give to them. I always say, yeah, <laughs> way more, man. Definitely. I bet. Yeah. And now you have a, Big old thing coming up, your out of country trip. Yeah, in the places in the in the good place of Haiti. Shout out to Haiti. Yeah, and shout out to uh, what's the yeah? I should Living Media International. That's that's left my brain. Living Media International, which is a nonprofit that I'm going down there to work with. Yeah. Boy. So how'd you get into all this? How'd that even come about? Yeah. Well, my homie, who's the executive director of it, Lee Rainbooth, I met him my junior year of college when I was going to school Morningside at Morningside College in uh, Sioux City, like six hours from here. I met him at like this uh, little Sunday night gathering. He talked about what he does in Haiti and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I want to keep up with what you do. This is way before like I was an artist or even hmm. like, considered being an artist. I just always kept up with what he does and kept up with what I do. I think a little bit but um from there uh from junior to college i was like 21 to like up until recently i think like last year he reached out to me via facebook and wanted me to come down to uh, marcus iowa which is like a bicycle city where i went to school and made him met him at he wanted me to come up there because he's like he's he followed he, he was always following my work followed what i did mm-hmm. like on ig youtube and all that stuff and facebook Instead, he wanted me to come down and um, kind of be a featured artist alongside these other artists from like North Dakota to uh, help with his fundraiser for Haiti to kind of raise money for um, all the building projects he has down there and all that stuff. So it was during the summer. So obviously, like I could just do it because I, I don't work at schools during the summer. Like we're off. So I drove down there to Marcus, Iowa, sit down there for a couple of days, helped him with that uh, fundraiser, went back home on my way. We kind of just all the more stayed in context since we kind of like. We're like, okay, like I like what you're doing and vice mm-hmm. versa. So um, he reached out to me again a couple months ago and at, and told me a few months ago and told me how he was um, planning on having a team um, come down to Haiti of like just different artists, like people who do art stuff and people who are just like love to kind of like help mm-hmm. people in need and all that. And he wanted me to be part of that team to come down and um, help with a lot of like building projects to kind of help his uh, art centers that were affected in the 2010 earthquake because he moved down there. He went to school at Iowa state, moved down there to start his, uh, nonprofit Mm -hmm. in 2009, 2010 was when that big ass earthquake quake hit. So a lot of his uh, buildings were affected. So he's been kind of like still been in the process of like rebuilding and kind of helping a lot of stuff down there. So I'm going to go down there and help with some of that for 10, for 10 days. One of the things I'm going to be doing is that, as well as uh, helping like teach workshops pertaining to poetry and all that stuff, which is going to be a really big, like different, like <laughs> kind of realm, you know, being down there doing that. 
and then um I'm going to be from what I know just working with a couple like artists from Haiti and then artists from some of the arts that he's having come down from like the U.S. to come help we're working on like a big art project together for those 10 days that we're down there so we're gonna do a little bit of everything and it's gonna be a I'm super like stoked on the on the opportunity for sure like it's definitely gonna be, that'll be crazy yeah man it's super crazy like just being able to have the opportunity to kind of just go down there and just do what I love do what I'm good at and uh just doing it in like a whole different realm like whole different part of the world it's like man like it's super just like centering for sure how long was the trip 10 days 10 days it's gonna be 10 days yep uh in february from february 5th to the 15th so it's long enough to have to ex- really experience haiti but then like short enough to be like okay like i'm ready to go home yeah. <laughs> you know yeah do you travel out of the country much Nah, this is gonna be my first time. Damn. It's my first time like outside the country. Dope as fuck. Yeah, like this is a this is a good kind of like introduction to that whole like being outside the country, like choosing Haiti. Like what? It's it's super cool. Just kind of like knowing their history, like how it's like a country just kind of like uh, was kind of founded on just like fighting. Like a lot of the people who fought there, like fought for in the Haitian Revolution, really fought for their stay there. Mm-hmm. Like when colonizers tried to like take them over, try to like put them and marginalize them and like lower socioeconomics are like we're not having that and fought for it's like yeah this is some revolutionary shit i like this like i like the history behind it already so it's gonna be dope trip man i'm really i'm anxious for it um but i'm super excited i think like i haven't really reached the full excitement of it yet because i've been so busy setting everything up to kind of be ready for it like running my gofundme uh doing my benefit show um, making sure my passport's secure, making sure I get my shots. I think when that whole checklist is done, I'm like, okay, it's all done. Now I can like know what's actually happening. Yeah. So I haven't been able to like really sit in like the fullness of how like cool that is, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Now are you you taking like donations to get out there? Or you have to raise money? Yeah, we have to that was that was a part of it. We just had to uh, raise money ourselves to kind of go down there because it was it was gonna help with um kind of the housing, the room and board down there the in-city transportation and just help them personally with like having supplies to kind of help with like the building projects and all that. So I did it from a different bunch of different ways. Like I ran a GoFundMe. I have a GoFundMe up now, which I'm putting my own money towards as well. Um, and having people help out with that. But I'm also having a benefit show, a big ass like end of the year benefit show for Roaring Rhetoric at the Rock Island Supper Club December 8th, which is going to be like super nuts because I'm like, I'm I literally have reached out to like all my homies are like dope spoken word artists that are just like fucking killer and like I just haven't come down so with that I'm kind of using the money to both like kind of pay the artist for for them coming down as well as I got to put towards the trip as well so those are the two mediums that I'm um, I'm using now and like people I just had somebody PayPal me money today which is cool but yeah I'm just kind of having all these like different outlets and like it's been humbling. Like when you have to ask for money, <laughs> it's the most humbling thing ever. Cause like, I'm just a person who like, I've been in this like season. I'm just trying to like not do everything myself and not be so individualistic, but kind of have a balance of it. Like still do shit myself. Like I said, putting my own money towards it, but realizing like, man, like there's people who want to help. And like, even though it's like such a, like to us, it's such a humiliating thing to ask. So I just like, just do it. Cause people are like willing to help just being able to sure. exercise that. So it's been kind of a journey in the journey of just like me, just like knowing that I don't have to be like in this place of like humiliation. I'm just like, Oh, I got to ask the person for money. They're going to think I'm doing this or that with the money when I'm really not, or they're going to think I'm lazy or this. Oh, it's hey, like, trip. Sure. But yeah, right. <laughs> I had somebody do that. at one of the shows at my Roaring Reddick shows uh, a couple years ago. They fucking pissed oh, me no. off. I was raising money for this, uh, for this home here, like for this nonprofit that's raising money for people who are like in abused homes. 
like and I, I was using my show the Roy Reddick show to raise money for it and this white ass dude was so mad saying well I didn't trust him with my money and I was just so mad what? he asked for my money it's like bitch don't give me your fucking money then like, like wait, wait a minute security get this like, it's just like yeah it's going towards yeah it's not going yeah it's just like oh people, my god my thing is like people if you don't get money just keep your damn yes, things he to yourself just don't show, give it he put on a whole show risked his reputation <laughs> just to get you $20 exactly <laughs> did this whole damn show for <laughs> for a damn $20 bill for yeah. <laughs> I yeah, just don't think people I are trust just him with. <laughs> yeah, I just like people are just so dumb, man. That shit. It's like, come on now. Now that was a. It's gonna be a roaring rhetoric show. Yeah, it's gonna be a roaring rhetoric show. It's gonna be at the supper club just because um, with how things are set up at roaring rhetoric, um, it's been like there have been a, like the Connect Coffee House has been like an amazing venue. Like they're awesome, crazy uh, serve like a really good serving community like work wise. Like they're really cool with how like they've been allowed me to come to continue to come back and do what i do mm-hmm. but with like a lot, a lot of what they do and a lot a lot of just kind of like their convictions their personal convictions like as a organization they don't allow people to like come up with like swear words or like certain content that kind of makes them lose business or makes them less reputable which i understand so me and i never not wanting to step on those toes like i'm bringing down artists who i don't want to say oh you can't be yourself in your art so I'm bringing those artists down on them to be able to like be themselves fully in their art with their full language, with their full conviction, with their full everything. So the Rock Island Supper Club that I kind of been helping with um, this last year kind of get started up like it just it just feels right because it just gives the artists a little place of like, oh, I, like there ain't no rules to this shit. I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want and right. be myself. So. Yeah, so it'll be a little different. It'll be interesting to see the show up since it's not at its usual housing of the Connect Coffee House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a date set for that yet? Yep, it's December eighth. December. Which 8th. is a Saturday. Yep, the first Saturday of the month, I believe. Because that's usually when we do Roaring Rhetoric, the first Saturday of every other month. So it'll be the first Saturday. It goes from I want to say yep seven to ten, seven p.m. to ten p.m. We have a bunch of raffles going on, silent auctions as well, because a lot of like local businesses donated a lot of dope shit, like studio time, uh, music video stuff, and um, just a lot of cool stuff. So it's gonna be really cool. It's a really, it's gonna be a successful event. Definitely. I'm nervous about it, but it's gonna be successful. It's gonna be great. December eighth. Yeah. Be there. Do it. And then, do you have a place where people can go if they want to donate? Yeah, the uh, GoFundMe. You guys should just like just follow my art page, AUBS. Period. Because I can't think of like the go the GoFundMe search name is Haiti Arch Trip, but it would just, it'd be way easier just finding on my Facebook page. So just find me on Facebook A U B S period again A U B S period, and you'll find um where to donate and where to also buy your tickets. Because uh, you can buy your t- you can either um I have people do this option of like if they want to just donate a certain amount, they can do that on the GoFundMe and they don't have to buy a ticket. Like their names are already going to be signed down, or they can just buy a ticket or two from Eventbrite. And that link can be found on the Facebook page too. So Facebook is like the the plug. So hit up that Facebook, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Now you, you had said earlier that there is not as many uh, spoken word artists just here in the QC, but yeah. you have been hosting a lot of like poetry slams and things like that, correct? Yeah, no, definitely. And like I should, I should, I, I want to say this first and foremost because I think I get this a lot from people, and I don't want to like set the record straight. Like when people see me, they think like I'm the only sport war artist that I started this I did not start this like Chris freaking Britain team Crosby like that dude is the one who like influenced me to do poetry and he's an OG he's been in the quad cities for years 
like mentoring poets, uh, polishing them. And if you're, if any of you guys were out of the last slam and you saw like the crazy like dog fight that it was in that poetry slam, those two artists that like got a first second place and it was close. It was only first, first and second only had a point zero tenths like <laughs> zero point yeah like mm-hmm. of a point difference. But those poets were ones that Chris Britton like got up. So like, I shouldn't say there's like there's there's not a lot. There's not a big spoken word culture. There's a lot of us kind of like in these like little in this little band of tribe like of six seven people <laughs> yeah. around here. But there's not a lot. But yeah, the poetry slams have been going like cool, and I think it's awesome. Like the poetry slams in and of themselves, it kind of allows people who are readers to kind of realize what slam poetry is fucking about. You know, like we have like a community that knows what poetry reading is and a lot of them get confused and think poetry reading is slam poetry it is not <laughs> like if you yeah yeah reading you'll get what you wanted like somebody reading doing this and, that, and the other you'll be interchangeable if, if you put a poetry reader in a poetry slam like they got to come with like energy they got to come with something like like content wise that will like blow fucking minds especially around here because like a lot of the spoken word artists here are like freaking they're dope. Mm. They're crazy. They make me kind of scared to go against them. Oh, like, <laughs> like the last one, I was like, dang, I need to, sheesh, need to get back to the pen and pad. But yeah, a lot of them have been like growing, man. And like, I think kind of like, I've been kind of uh, in this place of being honored to kind of be a little bit of like the pioneer of it enough to kind of like have those ones who are kind of like, haven't been there to say, okay, like, Arby's doing this. Like, let me, like, let me get a piece of that. Cause I can do this. I can sure. Do that, yeah. I can do the other. So, it's kind of been a place of like a lot of those people kind of come out of like the darkness, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, since you've started doing this seriously and hosting and everything, have you noticed a growth in spoken word artists? Oh yeah, I think um, this past year, I think I will, um, know have noticed more of a growth, and it's been coming like in a crazy. It's been from like, uh, from a standpoint of like people who are not from the Quad Cities coming to the Quad Cities because they hear that mm. spoken word shit is in the Quad Cities. That's dope. And then them coming to the Quad Cities and people seeing them influences those people. Like, I was influenced and say, oh, let me go home and write something. Like, do something crazy. So, like, like um, the fact that um, earlier this year I brought down a whole band of my homies from Chicago. Again, Geronimo and all those guys. Keep it smooth. All those cats. Bringing them down here and, like, really allowing the Quad Cities to know what fucking slam poetry is mm-hmm. like that shit was like that really kind of just like brought a crazy vibration where people like saw what it was and like it really influenced people to write yeah and do some stuff say okay i want to get in this and with that i've been able to i've been i've been meeting people who i've never met before kind of come out of the woodwork who are like man i do spoken word i do spoken word they're like they're pretty decent at it and it's just like they they said that they got influenced from like something that i did or something that i influenced somebody else to do or something that my homie Chris influenced somebody to do, and like to be able to see these guys just come out, it's like, yeah, this is awesome, this is super dope. So, hell yeah, that's yeah, sick. It's, crazy, it's, it's super crazy, kind of to see it like now that it's taken what five years to kind of like see it kind of go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it would be really cool. I bet I don't know if this has happened, but if like one of the kids you taught like junior high or high school if they start coming out on the scene or something actually as an artist and shit that'd be crazy there's a couple that i know have some problems that i've like actually kind of like working with so i'm really that that's the kind of next thing man like i always will tell myself like the reason i guess i'm behind the get the kind of like the why behind my my name ops period like why the whole period i was making sure people said the period at hand but for me like 
it holds this idea of like a period denotes that something's ending, like something has an end. Like for me, just like doing stuff as an artist and all this creative, it's kind of reminders to me just like knowing that like what I do art wise and all that stuff, it's, it's always gonna come to an end. Like it doesn't last forever. Like mm-hmm. it might last a pretty long ass time, but it's gonna end at some point. There's yeah, it's gonna be a period. And after a period, like when you're writing and shit, there's also some, there's always something that comes after the period. There's something. There's some kind of story that continues. There's some kind of sense that continues. Yeah. To me, I'm always thinking, okay, well, what the fuck am I like putting behind this period after I'm done? Like, who am I putting after this to kind of like be the run on sentence and then put their period and have another dope ass dude have their shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, have yeah. This whole, have the fucking spoken word quad cities Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell the yeah. The book of Obs. When I'm done, it'll be the book of whoever. Yeah. <laughs> the book of Obs. So yeah, I'm always looking for artists kind of just like really kind of invest in and kind of like do dope shit and kind of just do more shit than I do and kind of just use my platforms and what I've kind of gained and kind of bring them along and kind of polish them and have them kind of experience their falls and their faces, their failures and all that and kind of wrestle with that shit and kind of make it, you just kind of make themselves better. So if you've got that work, hit me up. Yes. Obs, period. (laughs) (laughs) If you, well now where do you see, uh, from now, what, what do you? What's the future look like for you? Do you want to like be doing your artistry full time, or is it gonna be like? Do you looking to be like a educator full time, or yeah. you know, or well, or educate and while mm-hmm. continuing your art as well, or? Yeah. So um, last week I went to this poetry slam in Cedar Rapids. Super dope ass poetry slam. Like they, those always came to fight. Like I got third place somehow, <laughs> fighting by the the edge of my teeth. But uh, the guy who hosted it was this cat named uh. Universal Soul, Universal Love. His real name is Christopher Sims, but he's a poet, super OG. He's been doing poetry for forty years, full time thing for forty years. Damn. But um, for him, what he's kind of like, how he's kind of made it happen, um, for kind of like what I've kind of seen from like just watching him and stuff, he's been doing poetry, like he's been doing poetry slams, poetry events, teaching workshops as well, writing books, making records, kind of like what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. So like. I think for me, if I want this to be full time, I want it, I have to be able to like be in a place of like always exercising all these these uh these spaces in front of me, like exercising every department that I can. So like right. I definitely see myself doing it in the future. There's been a great, great, great stride um this year, like the greatest strides I've ever seen, like with uh, teaching workshops, um, writing books, um, also doing merch too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty soon next year, really good, like really awesome stuff just exercising all these things and kind of just putting them in motion I'm really kind of seeing like how it's going to become a thing so like in the future that's kind of what I want to be able to do just kind of be able to do that be able to live comfortably not like making any like big shot kind of shit just be able to stay right. in the Quad Cities or unless I follow somebody else somewhere else to live um, just continuing to do my thing and just kind of influencing cats and having cats influence cats and shit Oh yeah, yeah. It seems like you're building a strong foundation of like a steady, good path to be on to achieve all that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, that's yeah, fucking man, great. Work, work, but it's it's definitely proven to uh, to pay off, you know. Just taking patience. <laughs> yeah. A lot of great patience, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Now, if people want to get more of OBS, find out some more work, get a hold of you, where they go. Um. All right. Like I said, the Facebook. Um. Facebook. A-U-B-S period. That's my artist page. You can also Facebook 
Roaring rhetoric. Roaring rhetoric. That sounds weird when you try to say it. Roar, say it three times fast. Roar, roaring rhetoric. Roaring rhetoric. Hey, that's a challenge. You can do that. If you can do that, come out to the poetry slam. <laughs> exactly. That's something. Yeah, but um, roaring rhetoric is another page that you can like to kind of keep up with like a lot of the shows that we put on through roaring rhetoric and a lot of shows that happen in the Quad Cities too that we that we put on or that other people put on. So that's another thing to follow. Um, and ode to the underdog if you're into podcasts. So those three mediums and if you're an IG user, uh, poetic ops is our IG. So. And you don't have a personal website yet, do you? Or do no, you do you plan on doing that? Yep, that's coming next year as well. So um, uh, my my friend who I'm like working with and my mentor is uh, putting that up. So that'll be up pretty soon here too. Um, yeah, so you can check out stuff on that as well when it's up. But until then, those are social media outlets. All the plugs. Fuck, big big things coming. Most Hell yeah. Well, thank you for being here, sir. Yeah, this is dope, man. I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to be a part of the, the, the podcast USA Olympics. <laughs> Hell a yeah. Competition where it's all <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. And this is a, well, we got a little announcement, a small announcement. Dun, dun. Yes. This is going to be the last mobcast in this studio, which is a little sad. It's nice and cozy, but yeah. the new spot will suit us better. Yeah, man. New studio coming soon. Hopefully, we're not be gone too long. Yeah. We'll be back at you soon. Yeah. Be dropping more shit too. Mobcasts, mob yeah. vision, more music, more art. Fuck. Yeah. It's coming. All right. Until next time, folks. Obs. Period. Thank you again, sir. Peace out, motherfucker.